Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Soul Prince podcast. I'm your host, Akashic Beck, and I'm so excited to have the most amazing guest here with me today. Um, I'm over the moon that she's decided to join me, and I'm so excited about the topics that we're going to be discussing today. Um, I'd love, love to introduce to you Deanna Sullivan, the sensitive sage. Say hello, Deanna. Hello, everyone. I am so glad to be here. It's an honor to be on Soul Prince. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you for being here so much. Um, we we were just joking that we're podcast buddies <laughs> because Deanna has her own podcast, The Sacred Spiral, um, and I have been a guest, and I have actually I actually did a takeover before I started Soul Prince. So yes, coming full circle, <laughs> coming full circle, and thank you so much. Let me thank you on the air for being willing to hold that. I mean, the, the sacred spiral, it's, it was, it, to me, it's like um, giving it, giving it to a loving auntie while mama runs off, you know, um, auntie hey, Deanna. Becca. <laughs> yes. yes, auntie Becca. So, so Deanna and I, uh, we met uh, a couple of years ago and she is actually very instrumental in my journey of awakening. It has been such an amazing ride and um Deanna has facilitated so many times where I was just feeling so out of sorts and questioning so many things and she was able to provide me with guidance and love and I want to thank you for that as well um but please tell everyone Deanna about yourself and the services that you offer and um a, a little bit about your journey sure so I just turned 40. I kind of like, not that, not that age matters at all, but kind of just to orient myself in space and time. So I have two babies. Alec is going to be 15 in October and Eden is about to be three. Uh, going through a very late pregnancy for me was very uh, also helpful because I have many clients and people in my life who are also opting to have babies later and that kind of thing. So I am a Kundalini yoga instructor. I teach private yoga and meditation. Um, I'm also deeply intuitive and highly sensitive. So started a navigate negativity class and support group, empath support group with Tim Stanek, who's also my Reiki teacher. So um, I am also a Reiki master teacher. And depending on how woo-woo or what direction you want to go, either I can help you or I will probably recommend you talk to Becca <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Um, but it just so happens that when you're getting these tools in your toolkit, it can be so helpful. What we have to offer is each so unique. And I find that you and I, Becca, are definitely soul family. So it makes sense that when I'm in a reading that somebody would, that I would get the message that's like, hey, this specific thing needs to be brought up with Becca or things like that when it's regarding to something that feels very related to a past life or if it's connected to their uh, south node in the astrology chart. Anyway, mm -hmm. but I digress. So I'm definitely a Gemini. So I love to teach. I love to talk about philosophy. I'm very into world religions. I've got lots and lots of Sagittarius in my chart. So I love to talk to people who are into philosophy and poetry and curiosity and wonder, but I'm also somebody who is sober. And I find that specifically sobriety is related to my own sensitivity that I grew up so incredibly sensitive that it makes total sense that when I found something that would uh, create a blanket of numbness that of course I would use it at every chance that I got. So it, it means that I find people that are incredibly sensitive and some of those people are addicts or they are uh, codependents who typically love addicts <laughs> or things like that. So I, t I tend to find people in my life who have had a similar upbringing and then coming into their wildness and their intuitive self and their not give a fuck self. Um, I'm, pardon my you can beat me <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's okay yeah I will not be offended by a beep um, <laughs> just in, in case we have any tiny ears it's okay yeah um, well here on soul prince we're not prudes or anything okay. so it's all good <laughs> Um, so yes. So what I do then is I lately have been offering like intuitive astrology readings and then mm -hmm. also tuning in with Reiki and kind of creating and establishing that sacred space through the phone. And I find that, um, 
that, that the phone has been so helpful. As a matter of fact, a mutual friend of ours, Mario from Sacred Elements in Sedona, when I first had a session with him over the phone, it was then that I realized the value of the phone session is that you don't have to fix your hair. You don't have to brush your teeth. Like there's, there's <laughs> no, there's no posing. There's even the, even if we're not even doing it on purpose, you know what I mean? So we can really drop into that intuitive space easily. So right. the past few days I've been all up in intuitive Oracle readings and adding some astrology and human design in there, which is of course my, my brain and my heart and my soul just eat that shit up. <laughs> exactly I know we we are just big nerds and we like to learn all the things and you know human design I swear it's it just has so many twists and turns that that I was not expecting it's like every time I feel like I've learned you know a good deal about it I'm like I don't know anything about this like hang oh on God. you know yes and like, all the possibilities like the, just the dimension of course <laughs> i've of course come learn a lot about numbers and like all the different places that numbers are i find mm -hmm. that human design when i'm like oh my gosh well if this is this gate and that's that gate and then so uh, lately i've been doing like soul readings regarding like the pluto gate and the nodes gates in human design so you can even see the direction your soul is headed based on your body graph so yes yes as much as you want to nerd out please know that and humor here <laughs> and I think that's why we get along so well um, yes I, I will tell a funny story that oh my god please one of the <laughs> one of when after Deanna and I first met she so I'm an Aries and she's a Gemini and she was like oh well we're not meant to be friends uh for a long time or something like that and I was like what like <laughs> what are you talking about well because you're Aries and I'm Gemini and I'm like so <laughs> and I'm what? like have have you met me like I'm a nerd like uh, uh we we get along fine this is fine and I really think that my me being a 5-1 in human design um the uh heretic investigator and yes. wanting to delve into subjects kind of complements the fact that you're a Gemini you know so all these these uh, aspects yeah. of ourselves and aspects of our charts um and ways that we get to know and understand ourselves helps us to realize oh okay well you know maybe I we have more in common than we thought you know and yes. um we and we are definitely soul family as you said um we have verified this in both of our Akashic records. So <laughs> there's no, you can't get rid of me. <laughs> no. And I've been really thinking so much about being an excavator. All I've always been into Jacques Cousteau. I've always been into National mm -hmm. Geographic. I've always been into Neptune, Percy Jackson, Odysseus, all of that stuff. So it, it feels so like, Oh, like a brain gasm, like to feel I mean, it really is like actually like a soul gasm to like feel yes, that yes. Uh, sense of being seen and that to have that really, really deeply validated, like on a really interdimensional level is like unlock something in you that I think that you having access to provide people with that is just cannot be. I, it's so helpful. I, I can't even overstate how helpful it is. It is amazing. And just seeing how, watching how Reed has changed by working with me and then watching what happened with one session with you was so powerful. It's just so that there is zero comparison ever in the world of spirituality. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we get to really experience that together. And you even get to see how Reed is all of it. I mean, talk about this like you know a monk with wrenches uh <laughs> he has his own you get to watch us grow together because of the work you do with both of us so if anybody has like partners that are interested in the records and what that means for both of you and maybe some trauma relationship trauma you're bringing from the past I mean that was so powerful for me Becca so I just want to go ahead and say that <laughs> and and to reference Reed is Deanna's husband oh thank you yes <laughs> Reed is my husband and yes. he is a Libra sun and a Pisces moon and a Pisces rising. So yes. I, and I am a Gemini sun and a Sagittarius moon and Sagittarius rising. So while I have this deep, fiery, intense pressure underneath, Reed has this like super calm, go with the flow kind of like, just put the dog and the baby in my lap and I will be happy forever. Like, right. 
yes and I love so, that and, yes. and those those dynamics have have been shown through your Akashic records too which I think is so interesting Ooh, yes very interesting so it's been very helpful to see and know and for me too with mine and Reed's astrology to see that it is really my job to let Reed come into his own you know what Carl Jung called individuation because his Mm -hmm. north node is in Aries so it's like I have to recognize that it is Reed's job to uh, create a space for himself moving forward and that that is never my job and that's been so like letting myself off the hook uh, energetically relieving all of those things so it's so cool to have the all of these different tools confirmed the same they comes at the same situation from all these different angles which gives you this real rich dimensionality that helps you really see that like this is something we came here to learn you can't just make this stuff up you really Mm -hmm. can't right exactly and um i just want to say that your astrology readings just they always hit home for me and the the, just the intuitive guidance that you offer behind that just validates and reaffirms so much. So I highly recommend Diana for the astrology readings because I feel like you have just this extra layer of understanding and the way that you can describe it is very palatable you know what I mean like Ooh, you can, thank you. you you take something away this is just a big old love fest we're just like thank you, <laughs> you know, each other up <laughs> yes and thank you so much and uh Valentine who actually I'm sure you'll know on the sacred spiral as well and I'm sure you'll mm-hmm. be knowing her at Delta Groove but she said similarly that like astrology really never stood out to her but that the way that I speak to it especially she is a Jungian dream analyst so to have that like archetypal background and recognize that like evolutionary astrology is about the evolution of the soul that you are mm-hmm. not being by your stars or puppeteered about like yes that all you. of these disempowering beliefs about astrology have got to go and that also what i see about this current time quote unquote the great the great awakening mm-hmm. is that we are returning back to the oral tradition because just how you can pay five bucks and get an emotional support animal letter i mean okay that's not true it was 180 bucks but still like it's the same thing now where we will have to return to the oral tradition because if anybody can say that they're a teacher and if anybody can say that they are a wise one then we go back to the space of i need to be sitting with my teacher i need to Mm. drive two hours each way to be with my teacher like that space of devotion is i feel like what we are all missing like like true missing on a soul level and that we are returning to Yes. Oh, I love that. And I mean, I feel like that that is part of the age of Aquarius, too, is, Mm. you know, we are being filled. We have we have all of this information, but how much of it is wisdom and how much of it can we just like completely disregard? And sometimes we need help with that. And that's why I feel like there are so many people, um, you know, out there looking for that wisdom, for that extra layer of dimensionality and understanding and helping people to kind of grasp things better um, because otherwise they're just floating in the sea of, of <laughs> words and numbers and they're like, holy crap, I can't like, I, I'm not getting anywhere. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. Um, gosh. And, uh, and for, for that too, human design has been so powerful because for those of us who have an open head center and an open third eye, which is 70% of the population, we are literally filtering all of this information like a little bobber in a chlorine swimming pool you know exactly yes um and that it i mean it takes a certain amount of self at one point which and then at some point some for people that are highly sensitive like us it always comes out in like insane anxiety especially if you have a baby like because then like the postpartum is like these crazy nightmares and like it's very related to the collective Mm -hmm. exactly yes so um yes so to me human design being like recognizing like when are you thinking about things that don't matter just asking that question in my life has completely changed everything to the point where to the point where I even told my guides like please let me know when I'm thinking about things that don't matter and now it's like I mean I I would say it started off at like 70 times a day and now I'm probably at about 15 times a day oh wow that's wonderful (laughs) 
<laughs> that's how how freeing is that like knowing just you know going from asking to knowing you know yes and then recognizing how um our temporary self wants to distract ourselves with like the toy and like paying attention to like the telenovela or like young and the restless over here when you're like i'm thinking this does not matter like i'm thinking about things that don't matter like that's what is difficult to be within myself that 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 this random crappy thing is pulling my attention away like because this is not real right Um, like like be like elvis and shoot your tv you know did he do that yeah he really did that (laughs) (laughs) you didn't know that no Girl, how can you say you're from Memphis? <laughs> he's a he's a Leo, right? Or he's a Capricorn? No, he was a uh, Capricorn. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Oh my you learn something he new every day. He I did. love him. Yes. yes. Oh, that's gonna definitely make it on multiple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Well, speaking of Elvis, um, Deanna and I are from the Memphis area, <laughs> and um, that's how we met. That's where we met. Uh, we had um i think we i think we first spoke on the phone before we met yes in person and um and i was at i had just recently like fully awakened like i had started my awakening if if anyone has listened to my previous podcast about my story i had gone through a dark night of the soul for like 7 years and then i um was kind of pushed into just this whole new level of awakening and I was did not know what to do or where to go who to talk to I didn't have that kind of community in my life and um I went into Delta Groove yoga one day and I asked the the girl at the counter I said um do you have anybody I could talk to about this and she handed me Deanna's card and I swear it was like I knew um and we've just been talking ever since and our friendship has grown and you know it's funny how people can be a, a part such an integral part of your purpose mm. and and that's one reason why I wanted to to start this podcast is to talk about our purpose because that's probably the most asked question that I get when I'm doing an Akashic record reading is what is my purpose um and so that's one aspect that we're going to talk to uh, talk about today um is about self-sovereignty and you know learning what self-sovereignty actually means it sounds um what's the word it sounds almost like uh egotistic or um maybe putting yourself on a pedestal but that's not what self-sovereignty means at all um it's about honoring yourself and um and there's so many there's so many other layers to it um but we're going to uh kind of ease ourselves into this area of the podcast and I want to ask Deanna what does self-sovereignty mean to you and how does it how has it played a role in your purpose well Okay, well, this is going, it goes back a really long way, actually, but I'll start by saying that I had to get really clear on what took me from zero to unmanageable anxiety very quickly. So I am almost all air and fire, uh, as you know, a very large bit of air and fire, which means that the way that my anxiety comes out tends to be like a little ember that becomes like a bonfire. Um And honestly, what's so strange about that, too, is that my hands pour like freezing cold water when I have like this anxiety. So um, anyway, the anxiety itself is what I had to start recognizing that, like, especially as about 2010 came around, because I had a massive amount of anxiety around 1221-2012, the end of the Mayan calendar. It felt like on some soul level, there was some cataclysmic event happening, and I didn't really know how to manage this anxiety, especially because I was... I mean, to be honest, I was hyper, uh, hyper liberal, hyper political, hyper atheist, like atheist, not really in like a hateful way, but more like in a, yes, God is in everything. But like, I, I don't need to be bothered by all of this 
old men in the clouds or people that, that are putting putting God in a box, quote unquote, right? Right. So and so my head could not reconcile this amount of physical anxiety that I had in my body because like my brain would be like, you have nothing to be afraid of. You know that this is crazy and none of this is real. So you just need to get over it and you're going to be fine. And then the closer that 2012 got, the more that my inner child was like, I feel like a tra- I'm tied to a train track and a train is coming and I have no idea why and I don't know what to do about this. Um, I ended up seeking counsel at um, with Madra Gale Little in Memphis. Uh, she does like singing bowls and t- oracle readings and also with Dee Dee Goosens in Cordova. And she took me to Richard Irvin, who happened to be a shaman. So anyway, all of the, all of the thing. So it was basically like all of this anxiety. So sovereignty to me was like recognizing that I am giving my power and also feeling very much that I could feel the rigidity and the weakness in my body that would come after an intense anxiety attack. If anybody else suffers from that, you probably like the day after you feel almost like really feeble. Are you familiar with this feeling? Oh, yes. It's very terrible. draining. It's yes. very draining. And like, I feel like I'm like flashing like that if I was on a video game, I'd be like at the critical stage almost like it's very debilitating to my energy and even I mean even me being somebody who maybe wasn't that in touch with my mystical self I was definitely knowing when something like that's going on like I'm not I'm not going to ignore something of that level I'm just saying that even when I was asleep I was still very aware of being energetically intense and that life is full of lessons and that it's all a bunch of craziness (laughs) right (laughs) so I still I still had that kind of awareness to me but sovereignty to me meant like where do I have the power to dig deeper into what is scaring me on this level that is so deep and to kind of start pulling these things out, like these deep rooted fears out of my psyche. And each one of those people was a stepping stone in doing that, which is why I never hesitate to encourage somebody to book with a friend, especially if they come to me intuitively, because you and I have such different access points that there's really nothing to to worry about, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. so anyway, self-sovereignty to me is recognizing where those spaces that are holding deeply held fears, which to me, what I'm suggesting is that some of them are very deeply connected with past lives. And that in this lifetime, finding out what fears were from past lifetimes, and then also like recognizing that the person who was so upsetting to me, um, I was in a romantic relationship that was very obsessive and what I would call like Plutonian, Mm -hmm. um, getting recognizing what that was from and the past life connection that that was from and what the dynamic was in that relationship helped me to release it completely and immediately and to have zero desire to hold on to that like seeing that I wanted to play out that pain because I wanted to play out that passion and that love story again and mm-hmm. then recognizing Diana you can play that out as many times as you want but every time it's going to come with the with the horror and the bad stuff too. Like right. it's not, you can't only have the good. Right. Um, and so once I was able to, do, anyway, so all this was on my journey to sovereignty. So it was basically like seeing like from, why does this person have this magnetic, bizarre, cold, like Rasputin like pull into my life? Like, what is that to being like, Oh, I see exactly what that is. And I know how that story ended. It is not good. We do not want to go there again. We are breaking that karmic cycle now. I release you, you know, doing the cord cutting, having that little ritual sacred moment of goodbye and Mm -hmm. recognizing that you're only better for it, you know, that you are, I mean, there is grief there. Yes. And honor your grief, but that, that, that is true. That is, that is the, the labor of love truly, you know? Right. And just noticing that the fact that you, you know, like you said, honor your grief and that that you pro- there was probably a part of you that didn't understand it's like if i know this is bad for me why am i grieving it you know but just you know noticing yes. that 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 was a tie that was the tie the the karmic connection or the soul contract was what was keeping you um i guess kind of um under their thumb and yes and keeping you from growing and, and, ex- and expanding in the ways that you needed to. Yes. And especially how he was treating me like that. I was very activating to him sexually, mm-hmm. but that since I activated him in that way that he was like, he had zero interest in being monogamous. And I had 
angelic at that time. Like I'm not trying mm-hmm. to be in, in that space right now. And it was so painful to me, like t- to feel like I was not being chosen, even though he always wanted to keep me around as like an energetic battery, you know? Right. And also recognizing where was that pattern from before in, in this lifetime. And that is the true shadow work. And that's why, I mean, I, uh, I just hope that people who are thinking about coming on our shadow work retreat know that there is there's so much laughter that comes with digging up this really really painful stuff because we have such similar wounds when it comes down to it mm-hmm. you know and that mm-hmm. we all ball our eyes out the same like nobody's hurting more when they're bawling their eyes out you know it's this feeling and that to have these scenes attached to it is what really separates us when really it's like loving someone who's hurting is really the goal. Who cares about why they're hurting or what they're hurting or what you should be grateful for and not hurting for it. Like, shut the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> right. you know, right. Like, like yes. that's not your business. You know? Yes, exactly. So to me and, and for me, sovereignty has meant uh, I can't watch the news and then recognizing like I'll tell I talk to read about like what my beliefs are. Okay, so like, this is kind of what I see is going on energetically. And just if there's something I need to know, then tell me. So I kind of have the benefit of having what I need to know (laughs) brought through Reed, because he's also very tender and sensitive. So he knows that he knows that for me, I just fear for our babies. I fear for Gabe and Eden and Alec. And I can't just keep that at a level one. I just can't that, that I can pretend that I don't have anxiety. But the truth is, is that I am for the anxious people. So I have to have anxiety. <laughs> right. But just, just so you can remind yourself that, Hey, I am this 3d human humanoid body and I'm still experiencing this, this existence of, on earth. And just yeah. to, rem- just to remember to, to, like you said, honor yourself. It, it all comes back to honoring yourself and, putting up boundaries, um, cutting people out of your life that, um, just don't need to be there. (laughs) I feel like that, that, that I just feel like I really don't hear that many people talk about, about that, but it is so, it is such a huge part of of the growth process. And especially for those of us who feel such intense guilt and remorse for for self-preservation and that was really the, that is really how we got to this podcast topic was that for those of us who do have codependent conditioning for those of us who do just want other people to be happy we're not bad people but at the same time we forget to even wonder what it is that we like or prefer or want because we just want to keep everything smooth and peaceful and not rock the boat you know right. and exactly. especially for those of us who are either you know because what I'm seeing, even like in Reed's family, is a lot of people are not raised by alcoholics, but then their parents were alcoholics. So then they get the same kind of like emotional and psychological issues without the actual alcohol. So it goes undetected in the family. Right. You know. Right. Um, yeah. Like one of my dear friends, like his dad didn't drink because his grandfather was like a horrible drunk, but he beat the shit out of his kids, you know. But it was the same. It's the same thing. It's that. Right. uh, unquenchable thirst but in in whatever direction it may be you know so yes absolutely so um in talking about self-sovereignty um would you mind please explaining to our listeners like what is self-sovereignty versus service over self like what does that mean to you yes okay so now i just feel like I don't know. We're just in a very interesting time now where a lot of these words are having now charged up, charged, charged up meanings and and Mm -hmm. energies behind them. But Mm -hmm. when I hear sovereign to me, it, I immediately think of um, like monarchy. And then I also think about like the order of succession, like how the Pope is like next to God. Like when I think of sovereign, I think about like the order of who's the boss kind of. Right. When I see self-sovereignty, what I see is, who is this person reporting to and who is like, what is going between them and God? Right. So sovereign to me is, man, I didn't even realize that I believe that, but anyway, so the sovereign to me means that there's nothing between me and God that I'm, that I'm getting my guidance, my information and that I don't, no matter what it is regarding in my life, that I don't need somebody between me and God for that. And 
even when it comes to it's just we're just alive in a very interesting time especially when you know we as we were discussing information is in, infused with emotion and that means that, that that means that other people are directing the way that people are thinking so yes. that's why i have no desire to have any inputs so i started to recognize like even and i really started to recognize this back when my mom was selling arbon but like it was why you shouldn't put anything with like petrolatum on your skin because blah, blah, whatever that their whole body is literally soaking stuff up all the time, like from Mm -hmm. pollution to whatever that may be and how porous we are. And so to me, sovereignty is also taking responsibility for how porous I am, like that I'm going to steal my. And that Mm -hmm. makes me think of, of course, even as a kid, like in Sunday school, like putting on your uh, breastplate of righteousness and stuff like that's totally what Jesus was talking about, you know? Yes. Like we have to suit up before we go out there because we are porous and we are. And in, I remember I used, used to know some preacher that said like, guard your gates, like recognize what's coming in and what's coming out of you. And yes. like, so take some time to listen to yourself talk, take some time to get that way. I mean, even with this whole Brittany thing recently, it is very interesting to watch my brain because when I was pregnant with Alec, like, I mean, tabloids were my drug of choice. Okay. So, <laughs> and I was pregnant with Brittany. I have always loved Brittany when it was like, leave Brittany alone. I mean, there's just like a, a connection, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has their people. Right. Um, so the, even watching th- this past few weeks ago and what was going on with her and really seeing how this is what we do to our beautiful little girls. Like, look, look what, right. look what she has become. Uh, and she is still beautiful and all of those things, but also you can see the insecurity and the fear and the trappedness and the cagedness and, um, and how to celebrate her wildness while still completely confining her legally, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff. Like, that is a, an indication of the world that we live in, you know. Um, and, and especially seeing ourselves, you know, she's so close to our age back up. She's probably, and she's right in between our age, I think. Um, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. she was born in December of 81, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah, I think so, so she, too. Right so in between she literally, us. Yeah, right between us. So like even seeing that to me makes it even more to recognize like and look what she has become with with her children and with all of these things and like recognizing where uh, consumerism doesn't allow for us to have a fulfilled existence, you know, that nobody's encouraged to feel content or fulfilled. Dude, yes. Oh my gosh, this could be like a whole nother rabbit hole that we could go to. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, but so, so sovereignty to me is even, I mean, I think that we are seeing things on the collective right now that are like the macrocosm, my, microcosm, macrocosm connection that's going on right now with stuff like that in our society is so fascinating because I think that we are just learning more and more and waking up more and more every day. And that seems yes. to be very clear. But then also there's, of course, some just with as much of that happening, then there's a lot of misguided things. And then there's also a lot of lower astral entities and weird stuff in between realms. That's getting lots of power and weirdness too. Right. Maximum weird. (laughs) You know, I always, you were talking about the, you know, the armor of God. Like I, that has come up so much in um, readings over the past year since I've been, you know, uh, actively Akashic Beck and um, I always think about that one verse from the Bible that says do not give your pearls to swine yeah. do, not, do not give dogs what is sacred because they will rip it to shreds and I feel like that's that's a really great way to describe sovereignty it's like don't give away your just that inner knowing don't give away you know don't don't allow yourself to be vulnerable when you know, because nobody respects and honors and loves your heart the way that you do and knows it the way that you do. Yes. And even uh, even the boundaries for me have been about that because it used to be and you know, it was really after the last time I did like a, a Halloween, a Halloween event, a Halloween tarot. Uh, event Mm -hmm. recognizing that I honor myself like I am not going to be 
uh, I do not need to go to somewhere where, especially where a bunch of people have been drinking, because especially when I, my energy can be very activating to emotional parts of people. So I would Mm -hmm. have people just crying with me and like being like, there is no amount of money that is worth this. Like that this speaking of service over self, like recognizing that, like what I'm doing here, like this is not service over self, that this is not what that's supposed to look like. That for me to honor this gifting in this space is to recognize that somebody can wait until the next day when they've slept it off a little bit or whatever it may be that like, I don't have to be a novelty or a a party prize party favor Mm -hmm. in order to be something of value to someone and recognizing that the only person that's ever going to change that is me like uh because for me it used to be like oh well it's fun I get to talk to people who I might not normally talk to and then it's like then the more it would happen the more that it's like yes you are but let's be honest these people aren't even going to remember this conversation some of them are recording it and then they're probably never going to you know like all this weird that that kind of thing where you're like "Mm, I really there's somebody else who you and it's just not me right now or ever again (laughs) right exactly (laughs) Um, so that's been interesting for me. And, uh, as you and I have, have learned too, that as you move on this career path, that there, that disapprovation and, um, all sorts of very painful things come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, to sure. me, that to me has been like self-sovereignty has been like, I don't have to have this conversation. I'm just going to Lionsgate a couple of years ago like I don't have to have this conversation I'm just going to give a refund no questions asked and recognize that by clearing that energy that everything is neutralized that if I can really recognize that this is all happening on an energetic level and all these words that we assign values are really like just Diana, just take it down to the energy and recognize that you can clear it. Like however you need to clear it, you can clear it. Just recognize what's going on here, you know? Yes. And not letting those emotions and that awkwardness or whatever the case may be for that situation to own you. Um, because like you said, if you, if you look at it as energy, it's almost like you take the emotion out of it and you're able to look at it from a more neutral space. Yes. And then of course, what I think of too, is if this person really like, let it not be about my ego. Like if this person really needed guidance that I was unable to provide, then yes, by all means, please take this money and go get what you need. Like that I, that it's okay that I'm not for you and that my ego does not have to be sitting on the throne here, that that really is okay. And, um, and if that's what my ego needed to be served, then I'll just eat my, you know, caca pie. Yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. But the more that I can let it be like recognizing that there is like that selfishness and like letting it not be about me and letting it be that like clearly this is not what this person needed. So that if they need to continue their search, then I don't want to be the one that is keeping them from being able to do that. So by all means, take this money and like, you know, like they say in Spanish, vaya con Dios, go with with God. Right. Um, I I love that. And it's like, you know, we, we do like, and in the work that we do, um, you know, we do want to help others. Um, that's why we're doing it, you know, because people think, oh, and, and I, and this is what I've found anyway. People are like, oh, wow, that's so cool that what you do is so cool. They have no idea how incredibly difficult spiritual work really is. It's not, um, you know, like, uh, it's not a carnival ride. It's not a, you know, it's, it's, it's not always, it's, it's rewarding, but it's not always easy and it's not always fun. And we, we have to heal ourselves just as much as, you know, these people need to heal themselves and wrecking, like you say, recognizing that we are all human here. Um, and that we are all, you know, just where we are on our spiritual path. And, and honoring like the gifts that we've been giving and using those gifts because that's what we were meant to do, which ties into purpose. So it it does. And also that, I mean, the other thing that's been super tough with this path is recognizing that the universe does dictate that we are playing the villain and other Mm -hmm. people's stories sometimes. And that we don't get to say no to that, that that's not up to me, that that's somebody choice you know that especially that if it's being experienced through their matrix or whatever that like that's been a big thing of going back to shadow work is like 
recognizing that what they believe about me can be true and I can still not be a harmful or evil quote unquote evil person you know like that that whatever they experienced of me is true for them in this moment and uh, and not mm-hmm. and not having to invalidate it in any way like at all to, right. to try myself but just recognizing that like that it is really okay and the more of a problem I have with playing a bad guy just shows how unintegrated I am right but, yeah yeah and I mean you your ego has to not only take a back seat you have to leave your ego at the gas station and drive off with your <laughs> ego in the in the rearview mirror whenever <laughs> you do this kind of work because you're like you know you you have to humble thyself for sure Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's been another big thing, too. With, um, at this time now, it's August of 2021. So uh, Diana and family have just moved to Boise. And so it's like, talk about humbling, like recognizing that, uh, for example, that I did not want this to be an easy move, that these things that I've been learning about myself, that like, if I would have come over here and just had an easy, smooth move, <laughs> smooth move, X-Lax, if I would have had like a smooth <laughs> move coming over here, then I would have, on some level, I would have resented that shit. There would have been FOMO somehow, you know? Like right. It, it, and also because there are so many people in my life that have to make these gigantic cliff jumps that like if I were just to like jump and land and just take off running and not fall on my face and it, that it wouldn't work. It, that's not how Deanna's lifetime works, you know, and the, how I can have sovereignty is recognizing that on some level, this crash landing is super duper sexy to me. And like, I really like it. You know, like I'm like Indiana, like I always loved Indiana Jones. I, when I saw like the girl in class that like <laughs> she closed her eyes and had like I love you written on her eyes to Indiana Jones I was like oh my god that would so be me like I love that like Sagittarian Indiana Jones adventurer archaeologist philosopher right oh so sexy that's hot <laughs> it's so hot so recognizing th- those ways like okay this is like these are things that are important to me in life like I've had to really switch things all around and recognize that like what I love in Indiana Jones is actually me and it's kind of hilarious because like his name is like Indiana like then it's in me oh my (laughs) girl so crazy I love it I love it so much I know I'm never gonna I'm never gonna watch that movie the same way again (laughs) I know but because the thing too is like you know when I look at Reed and he is like this like zen you know he is so compassionate so loving so patient and then like that he's not an archaeologist who's flying off across this the world for six week project like you know like that that is really my job like only one of us in this marriage can do that and it's definitely <laughs> me right and that's okay I mean and Reed <laughs> I loves know. that yeah <laughs> I know and Reed loves loves and appreciates that about you too and that's what's so wonderful about your relationship in my opinion yes and I definitely noticed that I it's easier for me to have um, very not easier but it's easy for me to be very close to people that have the twos in their profile because I am afraid of being clung to and anybody with the two in their profile is like hey I gotta be alone anyway (laughs) right you know so it's all good it's all good yes so um yeah, so I have a lot of two two fours in my life and a lot of six twos in my life. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, and six twos are very rare. Um, let's see, five two, six two. I forget what the other ones are. This is why we need our friend Tammy. <laughs> Delta, <laughs> this is why we need Delta Dreamer, um, human design specialist here to help five us two. navigate this human design conversation. Um, totally. Yes. Um, which by the way, Diana and I and Tammy are going to be doing some workshops coming up really soon. Um, we'll have more details on that later. Um, but let's get back to the podcast. So yes, we were talking about self-sovereignty and service over self. Let's talk a little bit about narcissism versus martyrdom. So, Ooh, yes, 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 yes. Where, where do you feel? Okay. So when when you're going through your awakening i mean you're going to be faced with your shadows obviously and narcissism we all carry these pieces of of all of these things both narcissism and martyrdom um where would you say that you 
have had to get really honest about the the narcissistic parts of you and the martyr parts of you and how did you make peace with both of those Ooh. okay well first of all so uh september 4th is my seven year sober date so that's like a quarter saturn mm. cycle uh but that was the ma- like they often will say in the rooms of AA when you're in your first meeting, you know, like you can like he- literally hear people's heads like popping out of their asses. I had, <laughs> I definitely had <laughs> like recognizing where you're like, holy God, like you really think that you're not being a selfish prick. Like you really do. You're like, how am I being selfish? I just need to take the edge off, man. Like this isn't selfish. You know, like I- how am I being selfish when I'm like pouring myself rum and diet Coke at Alex's fourth birthday? Like, you yeah. know, you're I just mean, trying to have a good time. I yes. Mean. Like I'm so, I'm so type A. I'm so stressed out. I'm so Martha Stewart. That is hilarious, by the way. But that is exactly like what was going on inside of me is that like I stayed up all night making Angry Birds cupcakes. Like, of course, I'm going to be fucked up at 11 in the morning. Like, yes, of course I am. This is what you get. Oh, my God. I'm like, I, I don't visualize. Yeah, what? I can visualize all of this and it's hilarious. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I know. I really promise you that my Sagittarius moon and rising can convince myself of absolutely anything. Like, I was sure that everyone was drunk on the streets. If I was high, then everybody was high. Like, right. th- th- this is something that everyone is doing. Everybody is doing this. You know, like, you guys are lucky I'm not popping pills and drinking, like, because that's what everybody else is doing. Like, I'm right. fine, you know. Right. Like, and even the th- because the truth of the matter is, like, my rock bottom looked like you know nine times out of ten everything being fine and then one time me like puking my brains out having a three-day hangover and pissing on the floor at the same time you know like woo big deal (laughs) it's fine fine. (laughs) i'm just saying saying, when you are in the 12-step programs you're hearing stories and you're like holy crap like whoa like you know i mean but at the same time for being somebody who is so hypersensitive by the way if anybody is into human design i'm like a a mental reflector so like when i'm in like a in the bar like i i was having full-on psychic readings and astrology readings to everyone at the bar back Yes, you were working. Those. You were working oh, back then, girl. I was you were just... it back then. Yeah, but, oh, but at that time, like it would have never crossed my mind in a million years to ever charge for that. <laughs> never. Um, well, they didn't remember it anyway. I don't think. I, exactly. So exactly. Fine. They'll wake up and they're like, "Whoa!" All of a sudden, I've got my life together. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. So, all that being said about narcissism and having my head pulled out of my ass like I really recognized that I was like wait a second like I wanted to have two kids closer together like I never wanted to divorce my husband I never wanted like I really peeled back lots and lots of like I really was peeling back everything and being like none of this was right I destroyed my life like once I got sober I really didn't know at what point it had gone from they they call it in AA they call it from going a going from a cute like you can a cucumber can become a pickle but a pickle can't become a cucumber and right. once you're a pickle you're pickled like you, there's no going back to unalcoholic like you're a pickle now mm-hmm. um, so like you'll see some people if, by the way anyone who's anyone who's part of the secret society just know that if you see like a pickle keychain that's usually a sober person um because of that so and also like camels because camels can go a really long time without a drink like a camel and a pickle oh. are both like alcoholic things okay so yeah, just a random thing. But all that being said, once I kind of saw quote unquote what I had done and what I had given up, then it was really easy for me to make it all my fault. Like, oh, well, since I was drinking, everything about the divorce was my fault. Since I was drinking, mm-hmm. everything about how that went down was my fault. Like, it was very easy for me to be like, whoa, not only was I so selfish, I didn't know what I was doing, but I didn't realize all the ways that I was affecting Alex's future and Peter's future and all the, you know, like all these different things. So that being said, uh, that was what made me kind of really look at this narcissism. And then my sponsor, luckily enough, was also what they call a double dipper. So she was not only an alcoholic, but she was also a codependent. So mm. that was, that was how I started to recognize that I was codependent. I had no idea. I have always been famous for cutting people out of my life for being very like cutthroat. And like, you know, I considered myself to be like Wonder Woman Amazon. Like I'm going to chop your head off before you have a chance to like be in my, be a toxic presence in my life chronically. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And once I was able to go 
like once I was able to really get into the steps and see that the reason why I cut relationships off so quote unquote maybe even prematurely is because once I could see that there was like a vulnerability there, then I had to control the outcome. Because if it was going to end, it had to end my way because I was not able to mentally handle the unknown future of how this person might, quote unquote, destroy me. Right. Um, and that was such a, uh, a big reveal for me to see that and to see the ways that I was so afraid of uncertainty that not only could I not sit with it, but like, I would certainly drink it away. I probably drank over uncertainty far more than anything else without even realizing it. And that was the thing to me about like the narcissism is like, you don't know at what point does it go from being, Oh, well, I just had a good day to, this is what you do when it's a good day. This is what you do when it's a bad day. This is what you do when it's someone's birthday. This is what you do when it's happy hour. This is what you do on Easter at 11 a.m. You know, like recognize like in all the brunches. I mean, our culture is super duper alcoholic. Like, let's just be real. Yeah. It's, we're not encouraged to drink a normal amount by any means. No. Um, yeah. So kind of really getting to see all of that stuff. Like I remember getting to like look around in my life and all of these quote unquote resentments that I had and see how, booze was there booze was there booze was there um an overinflated sense of self-importance that is a real thing a real thing mm-hmm. uh, you know but also those of us who are traumatized as children we really benefit from that like recognizing that these character defects on some level is really like a part of us that is trying to rescue us after the fact you know right exactly from something I mean, that's already happened really right i mean it goes back to self-preservation um yes. you know and and putting on that armor to protect that wounded inner child that um you know is just crying for love and attention and help and to be seen and yes. not Belonging. not not just seen but also heard yes and to feel like they belong this is home they have a place here that they're a, a, a vital and necessary part of this unit mm-hmm. um i've been starting to thank Eden every night. Like, thank you for such joy you bring to this family. Thank you for being my baby girl. And like, just recognizing, I don't, I saw it somewhere. I think it was like peaceful mind, peaceful, peaceful parent, peaceful life or something. Mm -hmm. And it was talking about like, that our kids really need to hear that from us. And because it's so easy for me to voice my frustrations with her, I just recognize that I at least need to honor her just as much with how much joy she brings to everyone's life. Like anybody who's in this hotel that sees her is like lit up like a freaking Christmas tree, you know? Right. Um, And how I need to not be numb to her magic because that's what I wanted when I was little is for no one to ever be numb to our magic. You know, everybody sees everybody ooh and ah over the baby. And then once you get older, then uh, we disappear. Right. So, um, and then just also recognizing that those those gig- those things that seem so quote unquote little are so formative in our time, like in our little worlds and our beautiful little innocent psyches that like that it's so sad for us to not understand how big this stuff is to our kids, you know. Mm-hmm. So it definitely helps me to be a better mama. That's for sure. Awesome. Yeah. And um, once again, just the humility and the honesty that comes from you know like you said getting sober or just you know um leaving um a negative relationship or Mm. you know whatever the case may be you know we all have our own paths that we're dealing with and just um finding ourselves really vulnerable and not really knowing which way to go just just take the first step in being honest with yourself and say okay like where where would be most beneficial for me to go? What would facilitate the most healing and, um, and just taking those gradual steps. You know, it's, it's not um, a quick process, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. Um, Although our lives can change overnight, but the healing process is one that requires patience and time and integrity and (laughs) humility and all of the things. Um, And, also too that we all have you know just like the universe is light and dark like we both we have both like we we embody both um because of that and so we can have 
like you said, we can have our narcissistic tendencies and then we can be on the total other end of the spectrum and be total empaths and um, code, or we could be codependent and we can take on everybody else's problems. Like it's our own and sit there and be people pleasers. Um, but that doesn't make us bad people. It doesn't mean that um, we can't learn how to heal ourselves or to utilize those, um, I guess, those uh, faults and make them our strengths somehow. Yes. <clears throat> yes. And also, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is and actually really from being that space of the uh, the alcoholic and the codependent, the quote unquote double dipper is mm-hmm. recognizing the ways that like that we have to worry about ourselves. We have to have these right. boundaries. even people who have done a whole lot of uh, codependence, codependent anonymous, like step work. They come off as like cold and rigid to me sometimes because I'm like, whoa, like this person is boundaried. And then it's like, yeah, but like. Who's to say that you're not actually jealous or who's to say that, you know, like, I mean, what, what is going on here? Right. Your triggers. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like, why do I want them to bend over backwards for me? Why do I want them to like me? Why am I so invested in how they feel about me? Like all of these things where you're like, whoa, that that is actually something that is a function of wanting to be needed because I don't want anyone to leave me. And if you Mm -hmm. need me, then you can't leave me, you know? And that's the thing about meditation and Kundalini and all of this is that you what's going on here because these patterns don't have any fun playing out when you you know their trick you know right exactly they've lost their they've lost their shimmer yes (laughs) yes and then just recognizing that life is about that series of awareness of where i'm sweeping the stuff under the rug myself you know right so Uh, yes such good stuff i mean this is something like these are conversations that I that I like to have that I want to have going forward on the Soul Prince podcast because, you know, I I just I talk to so many different people every day, you know, doing what I do now. And I feel like, you know, anything that we can say to show them that, hey, you're not alone and that this can be yes. overcome and this can be, um, you know, can be talked about and you don't have to be ashamed about it is so helpful yes and especially this whole thing of like recognizing that we have got to honor all the realms and all of these different there are so many different traditions out there that we can benefit from like even looking from like the Wim Hof breathing method to like Akashic record reading and then also to things like Sedona Vortex Restore visit with your soul family dig up the stuff in your psyche that is truly a massive energy drain and then and then redouble down on yourself so that you have that much more energy to commit to to this to the service that you came to share with others and so I think that the big thing that we wanted to talk about I mean this could honestly probably be its whole it's a whole pod own podcast this this service (laughs) over self versus self-sovereignty because you know nobody's going to grow Akashic Beck but Akashic Beck nobody's going to do what we're supposed to do but us so recognizing where and why do we feel guilty for taking time or what is appropriate for us especially with us you know we have we have multiple children of different ages and different stages and yes these are small chapters in their lives and you know we're constantly having to prioritize and make decisions you know right women as intuitives absolutely yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, me. Well, we um, are going to be wrapping up this podcast. However, I definitely would love to have you back um, on Soul Prince again, Diana, uh, for more uh, juicy Biden to content and deep conversations, because I, I really think our listeners want more of this. Um, is is kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yes. Well, I will definitely be posting this everywhere. And um, I'm so glad to promote Soul Prince. I love what you have to share. And nobody can do it like you. And Oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. Um, before we close out, um, two things. Let's talk a little bit about our retreat to Sedona in 2022 and what that's going to look like. Um because I have talked a little bit about it on here, um, but 
can you give everybody kind of like a rundown of what all they can expect? So for Sedona. Yes. So Shadows and Seeds. Sedona, Shadows and Seeds, Vision Quest 2022. So Sedona, well, we are going to be staying in a beautiful mansion in Munns Park. So this next time we're going to be in a much bigger space. Um, And also we'll be able to kind of have more of... um, like land to ourselves there. So we'll be able to have space outside to spread out and hang out. So what this retreat is all about is to give you a chance to kind of dig up what is not working in your programming to kind of go way deeper into what is running the show inside of you and then moving into, all right, this is what, this is what my intention is moving forward. This is how I see myself really being of maximum service to humanity. When I picture myself laughing and smiling and happy and blissful, what is it that is active in my life? Is it people like the ones that are here in Sedona with me? Is it uh, sharing my spiritual gifts? Like it really helps you to hone in on what are these underlying beliefs that are keeping me small and keeping me in my comfort zone. And then what am I mindfully intending moving forward? Because I only have this lifetime, this go round, and I'm ready to like start to dream big and take those steps in that direction. So I feel like everyone's life has changed dramatically since Sedona. Um, so, I mean, so many things have happened. We've got people who were nurses who are now traveling the world, travel nursing. So mm-hmm. kind of really like blowing the walls off of things and kind of like reimagining what existence can look like and be. And that these transition spaces don't have to be super painful dark nights of the soul, that you can be supported through that. And that I I just, every retreat I've been on, I feel like I'm absolutely really afterward uh that includes the retreats (laughs) that i am the ones that i did not lead so that there's just something about being in a very special place that is dedicated for your spiritual healing that feels like nothing else that is so nourishing it was definitely that i know my my life has definitely shifted in so many ways ever since our retreat earlier this year um also um let's talk a little bit about um when we're actually in Sedona, so I know you said we're, we'll have accommodations, um, we'll have transportation, and then on yes. Wednesday, we will be going to the Grand Canyon again. Yes, we'll be going to the Grand Canyon, so we take a road trip to the Grand Canyon. So last time we all shared cars, there was one retreat goer who knew that she needed, you know, she was leaving family behind and just needed some car time, which I totally get that, so anybody we can kind of make it work however and mm-hmm. then we go and explore the grand canyon we took pictures the energy there was absolutely beautiful the weather was so perfect um there was always somebody who wanted to get up and do sunrise outside so there was all of that stuff there will be kundalini yoga there will be classes on akashic records numerology astrology and i will be also be including a reiki one attunement in this for anybody who is not attuned and if you are attuned you will be reattuned um i've been reattuned quite a few times and i think it can just be really helpful if you've had some time to kind Mm -hmm. of feel like you're getting everything like zapped into uh back into the reiki mode again yes absolutely um and then we'll also be hiking and exploring Sedona, just, you know, all the touristy things, I guess you could say, um, yes. which is fun as in and of itself. Just um, if you've never been to Sedona, it's such an experience. Um, on one of our days is when we actually met Mario and you facilitated a, a beautiful connection with him. He is oh, he is such a magical starseed unicorn prince. I love him so much. Yes. So, so shout out to Mario. At, shout out to Mario. At Sacred at, Elements in Sedona. Elements. Yes, and he also does phone sessions. So he has also kind of taught me a little bit more about what it is that I do. So that Bliss Core alignment session that I offer is really what he offers as well. But he does also toning. So he mm. like tones. And he was a monk in Greece for 12 years. So when we go back, um, I've already had one of our retreat goers has already requested that Mario teach a class. So that will be happening. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm like so, giddy. <laughs> I, I know. Yes. We will have to uh, I'll have to link 
to his bio or something, but yeah, um, for sure. Yes. So I'm so excited and whatever it is that, you know, y'all would like for us to talk about. I so love talking to you, Becca. I love talking to you too. We, we never run out of things to talk about for sure. Um, so in closing, um, please tell all of our listeners like how they can get in touch with you, um, your social media and all that good stuff. Okay. So I am the sensitive sage and inner alchemy healing arts on Instagram on uh, Facebook. I'm at inner alchemy healing arts, or you can find me at Deanna Sullivan. Feel free to do that. And my website is the sensitive sage.com. And um, also through Instagram, you can find my link tree or ask any questions that you might want addressed on podcast as well. So any questions, astrology, numerology, we got you. Yes. And be sure to check out her podcast, The Sacred Spiral as well. Thank you so much, Becca. I had yes. such a blast. I'll come back anytime. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you, Deanna. And thank you all to all of the listeners out there. And we love you. And we hope you are well and talk to you soon. Are you wanting to heal your shadows? Perhaps you want to heal some inner child wounding or maybe just activate the Kundalini essence within your soul. Then join us for a very special and powerful vision quest in Sedona, Arizona, January 30th through February 5th, 2022, as myself, along with the sensitive sage, Joss Saranada and Triple Fire Goddess headline the Shadows and Seeds workshop. In this workshop, we will be spending a week in the sacred rocks of Sedona, deepening our connection to ourselves and the heavens and the earth. Being guided through powerful walking meditations, connecting with sacred vortexes, and letting everything that we are fall away. The price includes lodging, shared transportation, all ritual yoga workshops, and our Wednesday trip to the Grand Canyon. The price is $15.55, and if you would like to register, visit thesensitivesage.com under retreats and you will have all information provided. Namaste.